Hey, thanks for joining us here at the Vineyard Church Podcast. For more video messages and content, make sure to visit our website, vineyardwheeling.com, or download our app. There's a lot of great resources there that are free and will help you grow closer to God and help you connect with the church. Right now, let's go to our lead pastor, Chris Figueretti, for this week's message. Happy Sunday! Woo! We're all together in one place. Okay, before I jump into the message for today, I've got two things I need to talk to you about that are really, really important. So all eyes up here, attention. The first one is this. Starting tomorrow... Traffic patterns are changing in Wheeling, West Virginia for the next two to three years, all right? This is kind of a big deal in the Ohio Valley, uh, and, and as your pastor, I want to help pastor you through this, okay? <laughs> um, so uh, starting tomorrow, they're closing down the Interstate 70 West from Perkins to the tunnels. You'll still be able to come up Route 2 and through the tunnels, so people coming from the south, you're good. You can still get here, and that's for the next eight months. But here's the long and the short of it. Over the next two to three years, they're going to be replacing all these bridges and fixing all these roads, and our traffic patterns are going to be messed up. And as your pastor, uh, I need to encourage you in a, f- a few things about this. First of all, act like Christians. All right. We know this is coming. Uh, it's um, it's it's going to change our our traffic patterns. There are going to be times, especially during the week, during rush hour, where you're going to be sitting in traffic a little bit. It's nothing compared to what most of the world deals with as far as traffic is concerned. But in Wheeling, if we sit at the light for more than a minute, we start getting a little antsy, right? We can five minutes to anywhere. It's going to take some getting used to. If you have a Christian sticker on your car, just take it off now, okay? I'm just saying. Um, just. Just kidding. Act like Christians, okay? Deep breath before we know it's coming. Uh, keep in mind that we're getting new bridges so nobody falls to their death. This is, this is actually a blessing. This is a really good thing. Um, so act like a Christian. Prepare yourself. Be the blessing. Make, make arrangements and, and plans so that you give yourself a couple extra minutes to get to where you need to get to. On Sunday mornings, this should be no big deal because we are the traffic in Wheeling on Sunday mornings, okay? There's no traffic that you'll have to deal with. You might have to navigate around differently, come up over Wheeling Hill or if you're coming from Elm Grove over 470, it would probably make sense for you. But, but just make those plans and come. And let me challenge you right now to make a, a resolution with yourself that you're not going to let this blow up your connection to church. The Apostle Paul said, do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. And the reason for that is because the step away from church is your first step away from God. And I have seen this over and over again. This is a team sport. Following Jesus is a team sport. We need each other. And when you step away and it's like, well, it's a little inconvenient. I'm just going to hang out at home. I talk to people all the time who do that because of a life circumstance or whatever. And I'll talk to them a year later, and they're not in a good spot, spiritually speaking, and usually practically speaking as well. And so let me encourage you just to resolve now, no matter what it's going to take to get here, plan on coming, plan on continuing to come to church. Let me encourage you to act like Christians while you're out there driving in all of that. Uh, and then uh, let's have fun with it. It's going to be it's going to be good. We're going to we're going to wake up in three years. It'll be over like that, and we're going to have brand new roads, and it's going to be amazing. So there is that. The second thing that I need to mention to you uh, is next weekend we're starting a new series. You have a 
card, an invite card in your program. Take that with you. Invite somebody to come. It's called peopling. And people are like, what's peopling? Well, here's the deal. Your friends, the people that you have around you, will determine the quality of your life and the trajectory of your life. And as a culture, we are becoming more and more insulated, more and more isolated. Cocooning is a thing. Uh, We're becoming more introverted and we're becoming less and less good at friendship and relationships. And so we're going to be looking at people skills, how to have good friends, how to pick good friends, how to be a good friend. That is a skill. And we're going to be diving into the scriptures to see what God has to say about all that. It's going to be a great series. It could change your life because the people you surround yourself do change your life. And so all people need people. So do you be here next weekend, bring somebody with you. So that's, that's that. Now, this weekend, this is a one-up message. This is not a series. If you're visiting with us, you've picked the perfect weekend to be at the Vineyard Church because I'm going to be giving you a 60,000-foot view of the Vineyard Church. This is kind of a vision weekend, the view from here. But here's what I would say to you if you're visiting with us. You've got to come back next week because you're not going to have the full experience this week because this is a little different. In fact, I would, I would encourage you to come six weeks. Like if you're checking us out and you're thinking, I want to get involved in church, but I don't know, maybe this church, I don't know. Come back six weeks. You'll have it figured out by the end of six weeks. You've got to give it a little bit of time to, to connect. All right, so there's that. For the rest of us, um, you know, as the pastor of this church, I have the opportunity to have conversations with people that you don't. I have the opportunity to see God working in people's lives um, that you, you don't get to hear those stories. You don't get to see what's going on. Maybe you do in your life group or maybe you do in the area that you're serving. But the view from here, guys, is beautiful. I would say stunningly beautiful. What God is up to in this church is nothing short of stunning. And I want you to understand that. And so you, you got, you've got to see the view from here. You've got to. It, it, it's so cool. And so that's what I want to talk about today. And what I see from here is I see a group of people who are growing in their faith, whose lives are being changed by the presence and the power of God, whose lives are being changed as they learn the word of God and apply it to their lives, whose lives are being changed by the presence and the power of God moving in their lives. Marriages being saved, uh, people being saved, lives being transformed. And if you serve here, you're a part of that. If you give here, you're a part of that. But that happens on a regular basis through the ministry of this church, which is amazing. But you know what else I see? I see a beautiful expression of community, of biblical community, of this incredible diversity. We've got presidents of major organizations and homeless people worshiping together as brothers and sisters in Christ. We've got stockbrokers and broke people. We've got ex-cons and Catholic brothers. We've got management and union workers worshiping together. Democrats and Republicans for crying out loud. It's amazing. It doesn't happen anywhere. It's a beautiful mix of humanity brought together Not by common ground socioeconomically or politically or any other way other than the common ground, the ground at the foot of the cross, which is level and open to all. And it is beautiful to watch this diversity of mindsets, this diversity of people come together and worship God. It's beautiful. 
And it's so rare. You know what else I see? I see a group of people making a difference together. If you were around in November, we did, uh, if you weren't around in November, we did a, um, a, a generosity and service initiative called Be the Blessing. And uh, we sent hundreds of people out in the community to serve. You know, the House of the Carpenter, the Madison School, uh, Youth Services Free Shelter. We made most of their food for the winter and put it in Ziegenfelder's freezer. And, and we have seven organizations that are doing really significant work in our community that we were going to invest in with volunteer hours. And you guys did that so well. Thank you. And then we were going to invest in financially into strategic projects in those organizations. And we set out to raise $25,000. And together we gave $73,000. It was amazing. <laughs> Nothing short. And, and what that has enabled us to do is to do more than we initially planned to do. And to be able to, that, the rest of that money doesn't just go into the general fund. That's set aside to be the blessing as strategic opportunities come up. We are able to bless our community ongoing. And it's because you guys get it. It's because it's just stunningly beautiful, <laughs> the generosity and the care. But that's not all. I have, when I talk to people in the community who don't go to church here and they're like, oh, you're the pastor of the vineyard, they're like, You've got the best people. I'm like, I know, right? And, they're, and they're, they're like, you know, they're kind and they're generous. And they're like, you guys are living out what you're learning here on Sunday mornings. You're living it out where you work and where you go to school and with the people that you interact with. And that is a thousand points of light, so to speak. I've heard that somewhere. A thousand points of light, not just one big point of light, but it's both and. And it's gorgeous. It's the way it's supposed to be. I mean, we're supposed to be light wherever we are. And you guys are doing that, your reputation precedes you. And you're shining light in this community. We are proclaiming the gospel as individuals in the way that we live and our relationships and are proclaiming the gospel here. And we're living out the mission of Jesus together. And that, my friends, is beautiful. That is awesome. And I need to say right, right here, because... This message could come across as, hey, aren't we great? You know, let's pat ourselves on the back. Um, and, hey, it's all about the vineyard. And I don't want it to come across that way. I, 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 I need to say, first of all, we love any church in our community and anywhere in the world that's preaching the gospel and helping people find and follow God. And we're, we're part of the big C church and we're all on the same team. So, um, don't hear me saying, hey, the vineyard's great and everybody else isn't. So I'm not saying that. Uh, and don't hear me saying, aren't we great? You know, what I see, what I just, uh, just described to you is bigger than anything that I could pull off. I've got the greatest staff on the planet. And um, they are, our team is amazing. But we're not that good. We could never make all that happen. That's God. We're celebrating what God is doing in this community of people. All right. But we need to be able to do that and celebrate that and cheer him on and just be grateful and sit back and enjoy the view for a minute. You know, I love being outdoors and climbing mountains. And when you're climbing a mountain, you know, a lot of times it's just one foot in front of the other and you're just trudging along and you're like, I'm tired and you can't really see where you're getting. And then you get to the top and you take a break and you just take it all in. This is, this is one of those weekends where we're going to take in the beauty of what God has done and is doing. 
One of the things I love about our church is that we are God's people on a mission to our community. Like, we get that. We are on a mission from God. If you're a part of this church, whether you have heard the call from God or not, you are on a mission from God. I was talking to uh, Nathan. Nathan is... um, Nathan showed up here about a year ago, started volunteering, and uh, we're going to put Nathan up there. This is Nathan. He started, you might have seen him around. Nathan has, um, yeah, give Nathan around. You don't even know what Nathan does. Why are you? Hey, it's a guy on the screen. Let's clap. Um, so Nathan showed up here about a year ago, started volunteering, and uh, in specifically production, video and, and live production, all the stuff you see on the screens to help people connect with what we're talking about and to, to get it out to the world on the Internet and all that. Nathan has been working in that, that realm, and he just came onto our staff team. He volunteered his way into a job. And um, great guy. Has done a phenomenal job, but we were talking last week, actually, just right back here backstage, and he was saying to me, he said, you know, what I love about our church is that we're not just a bunch of church people churching each other to death, but we are out reaching our community, like we're actually going after the mission. We're not just talking about it, we're doing practical things, we're, we're, and, and our, our folks are out doing that as well, and I couldn't agree more. I love that about our church. That is, that's amazing. If you don't know what our mission statement is, um, it is, remember... Memorize this, you'll be tested on the way out. This is how you get out. Uh, Helping people find and follow God. That's what we do. And that comes from Jesus. Jesus, before he left, the last thing he gave his disciples was what we call the Great Commission. And he said, okay, all the stuff that we've done over the past three years, it boils down to this. This is what you're supposed to do. And in Matthew 28, 19, he says this. Therefore... Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Go help people find God, teach them how to follow God. And when they do, baptize them. So we do all of that. But we boiled it down to helping people find and follow God. That's what we do. And we don't just talk about it, we do it. And you know how I know that? Because we're meeting here. We're meeting here. And you're like, what do you mean by that? Well, let me, let me explain. A couple weeks back, a very dear friend of mine and really a pillar of our church, had been involved in our church for 30 years, passed away, Don McAfee. And, uh, and so after his funeral, there was a handful of us that went back to the church. And uh, as I walked in the front door, within five minutes, I had three conversations with people going, boy, it's good to be back in the building again. It's good to be back in the building. We still own the building out on Warden Run Road where we've been. We've been here for about 18 months. We were there for 21 years. And I get it. I totally get it. I mean, we dedicated our babies there. We baptized our children there. Some of us had our kids get married there. We have 21 years of memories in this building as human beings, not this building, that building, but as human beings, we grow an emotional attachment to places, right? I mean, it's just normal. It's, it's, it's what we do. But you were willing to leave there, to leave a place where we come in and turn on the lights and do church and then turn them off and go home. Willing to leave that, to come to a place where we have to get here before the sun comes up, before God is awake, we get here on Sunday morning. Right? And set all of this up because we realized we're here to reach the people who aren't here yet. 
that there are 114,000 people within 10 miles of here, and 100,000 of them don't go to church anywhere on a regular basis, and we're here to reach them. But we can't fit them there, and if we can't seat them there, we can't reach them because we can't incorporate them into the life of the church and the community. And we needed more seats to be able to fulfill the mission that God has given us. And so, for those of you who are new, and you know people who are old, thank them because we voluntarily left a building that we loved and a place that we were emotionally tied to, to come here, which this is great, don't hear me, there's just that emotional tie there, because we are a people on a mission from God to help people find and follow God. And we will do whatever it takes short of sin to reach people who are not being reached. We're going to make it hard for the Ohio Valley to go to hell. That's what we do. We are a people of God on a mission from God together to our community. And guys, that's beautiful because we're not just talking about it. We're doing it. You're doing it. You're being the blessing. You're being generous. And every weekend, every weekend we see God changing people's lives. Regularly people are placing their faith in Jesus for the first time. We're baptizing people. If you've been here for a baptism weekend, sometimes we do... uh, spontaneous baptisms and there's been times where we'll look at each other backstage and go they just keep coming people are getting saved people are meeting Jesus lives are being changed here in March 1st we're going to be doing a baptism weekend and we've got 15 people signed up to be baptized already if you're not if you're not signed up to be baptized and you haven't been baptized since you've placed your faith in Jesus sign up on your connect card and get signed up and and get baptized. But we see people regularly because we're on a mission. We see people growing in their faith. We see marriages being restored. We see people connecting in community and that's transformative. You know, we got the uh, marriage course coming up here in in a few weeks on, on Valentine's Day. Friday night is Valentine's Day. So gentlemen, order your flowers now. Um, but we've got, the, uh, we've, got, we've got the marriage course that Friday night, uh, which is a, just a date night. Come check it out. But if you're not involved in a group or you, and you've got space in your schedule for that, get involved. Because not only are we, we seeing God transform marriages because people are learning to follow Jesus and out-serve one another and out-humble one another and all, all of those. But we have like real classes that teach you how to do this stuff. And it changes people's lives. It's awesome. And you guys serve. You guys serve. We do a Christmas party in December for all of the people on our serve teams. And if everybody showed up, we would have no place to do it. Like thankfully about half of y'all show up <laughs> for the Christmas party because we can fit everybody. But there's, a, there's 300 people who serve in this church on a regular basis. And I'll talk to people around the country, pastors around the country and around the community. And they're like, how do you get so many people to serve? And I'm like, we're not there yet. Everybody has a role. Everybody has a calling on their lives. If they're a follower of Jesus, they should be serving. Even if you're not a follower of Jesus, you need to get involved and serve. And it's so amazing. But you guys get that. And it is beautiful. It is beautiful. I love that we are God's people on a mission to our community and you all are engaged. I love that the spirit of God is active in this place as well. I really do. Jesus, when he said, help people find and follow God and baptize them, when he said that, 
at the end of it, this is, often gets left off. This is the promise that he gives if we do those things. He said, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That his spirit is active where people are about helping people find God and helping people follow God. And, and his spirit is active in this place. I love that. That we're not just hanging out a shingle saying church and we're having a TED talk on Sunday morning communicating information. There's so much more that goes on here. In fact, I would suggest to you that what happens here on Sunday morning is sacred. No matter what happened here on, on uh, Saturday night and no matter what happens here Monday night, what happens here on Sunday morning is nothing short of sacred. And the Spirit of God is with us when we gather together in his name. So often I'll talk to people after the service and they're like, how did you know? And I'm like, how did I know what? How, were you following me around this week? You, pre, you, you looked at me the whole time. You were preaching just to me. And I'm like, yeah, I wrote the sermon just for you, which is not true. Um, and I'm not the only one. I mean, Myron and Jen hear that as well all the time. And what, what we do is we, when we sit down to write a message, we like, God, what do you want to say? And we do our best to listen to the Holy Spirit as we can write the messages. And then before we get up to, to preach, like, Lord, you know, speak through me. And then when we open our mouths, somehow the Spirit of God takes the words coming out of our mouths and like an arrow directs them to that place in your heart that you need to hear whatever you need to hear from him. And it is mystical. It is beyond explanation, and it happens all the time. I talk to people who have come for months, and I haven't met them yet, but they've been coming for six months or longer, and, and they're like, yeah, I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard this. I, I come, and I sit in the back of the room, and I just cry through the music, and then I cry through the message, and I don't know what's going on, but I have to come back. God's doing something, and God's breaking off all kinds of baggage and healing broken places and doing what God does in such a gentle, loving, compelling way. But it's the Spirit of God working in people's lives, working in your life, and it is beautiful. Encounters with God happen here that are well beyond the transfer of information, and it's mystical, and and, and I love this. It's not spooky. Like, like it's naturally supernatural is one way that we say it. And, and we are committed to being in, in, intentionally normal. Like what we found is we don't have to hype up the environment. We don't have to scream. We don't have to shake tamarines over people or do anything else to get the spirit of God to move in people's lives. All we have to do is invite them to do it and just be ourselves. And it's naturally supernatural, and it is mystical, but it's not spooky. And you know what? If you're trying to reach 100,000 people who don't go to church anywhere, spooky isn't really a good strategy. But God's still moving, and I love it. I love it. You know what else I love? I love who we are in the process. And in fact, I would suggest to you in life in general, who you are in the process is almost more important than the mission that you're on. Not that the mission is not important, it is. But who you are matters. And as a church, who we are matters. Jesus was asked by a religious scholar, he, he says to Jesus, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And Jesus could have stopped there. 
He asks for the greatest commandment. He gave him the greatest commandment. But he doesn't stop there. And here's why Jesus doesn't stop there. Because it would be very easy to walk away going, well, I go to church regularly. I give. You know, I read my Bible. Check, check, check. I love God. It's all good. But Jesus is like, uh-uh. The way you love God is by loving other people. And this is what he goes on to say. He says, the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. The, way, the distinguishing characteristic of a Jesus follower is love. Love of God and love of others. And if you want to know if you're loving God, well, look at how you love other people. Jesus said the world will know we are his followers by how we love one another and by how we love the world around us. And I'm here to tell you I am blown away by how well you all love I ask people who are new to the church two questions usually. Uh, how did you hear about the church or how did you end up coming? I get a variety of answers on that one. The second one is, why did you stick around? Overwhelmingly, I felt loved. Overwhelmingly, it's like I walked in and I just knew immediately that I wasn't judged and that I was welcome. And now Patty hugs me every week. And, <laughs> and Vicki is waiting for me out front. And... And I, you know, like I just, I, I am, and you can feel it, can't you? You can feel it. And it's beautiful. And it's not fake. You know, I mean, I've been in places where it's like, ah, you know, it's, it's fake. It's not fake. It is, it is the real deal. I love who we are in the process. I love our commitment to integrity. We will always, always try and do the right thing, even if it costs us, even if it hurts I'm not saying we always get it right, but <laughs> we will we'll die trying. And I love that. Who you are matters. I love that we're committed to being intentionally normal and that we're, we're here to reach the people who aren't here yet. I love the diversity of our church. I love that we're not a white church and we're not a black church and we're not a Latino church. We're a church church full of all of the above. And I... I love that we're diverse politically. I love that we're diverse uh, socioeconomically. And I love, love that we are diverse generationally speaking. What I see generationally is not so cool. Because there are big generation gaps. And yet right now, up in children's ministry, there are high schoolers on the ground, on the floor with little kids teaching them how to find and follow God on their level. There are kids in fifth grade and fourth grade who are teaching the littler kids how to find and follow God on their level. And there are 70-year-olds and 80-year-olds holding babies and everybody in between. And there's this multi-generational interplay of just life. Guys, that doesn't happen today, but it does here. Take a look at this video. Up here right now as we speak. 
Let's give those guys a round of applause, huh? I love, love that. Right now, under my feet, there is a studio full of kids from middle school all the way to 40 years old running this whole production thing. Right now, let's say hi to those guys. Hey, guys. And, uh, you know, my 14-year-old son runs the cameras some weeks when he's scheduled and, and, uh, or runs the switcher and is making calls. It's awesome. And, and, and pour it into one another's lives. And it is beautiful. It is so cool. I love who we are in the process. I love that everyone gets to play. My friend Isaiah came up to me in September after uh, a Sunday service and said, God's calling me to do ministry. Isaiah was the guy that was, um, that was part of the artwork for the last series. You throw Isaiah up there. There he is. He's like, I'm supposed to do ministry. And he got involved with our, our youth ministry and Mike is mentoring him. And he's hanging out with high school kids and starting things and learning to communicate and teach. And man, what God's doing is, and it all started with, I feel like God's calling me. Great, there is a place here for you to serve. It's awesome. I love that. And there's a place for you to serve. There's a place for you to serve. And, you know, different for all of us. But there's a place for you to chase the calling that God has on your life. And, if, again, if you're a follower of his, there's a calling on your life. You just have to figure out what it is. And you can listen for his voice. I love who we are in the process and I love where we're going from here. I'm so fired up for where we're going from here. Several years ago, we did a, a fundraising initiative called The, the Next Initiative. And we set out to raise money for three things. One was uh, to invest in ministry and training up leaders and church leaders in Vietnam. And we sent a bunch of money over there and we have invested in training up a bunch of pastors and equipping a bunch of churches and different, like we've got pictures of like televisions on the back of motor scooters going through flood water up to here. I mean, the delivering equipment that we sent over there to help Guys, it's, it's, it's awesome what's going on. In fact, I will be over in Vietnam here in, in March checking things out and reconnecting with those groups. But we've been doing this for years and we raised money to strategically invest and have done that. And we're seeing amazing fruit there. We raised money to buy a building down the street from the building on Warden Run. It's a warehouse and we call it the Outfitter, and all of our off-site stuff, which now that we're mobile, we have a lot of off-site stuff, goes out of that building. It's been a wonderful investment. And then we raised money to launch campuses, video campuses, reproducing what we're doing here in communities in about a 30-mile loop around Wheeling, 20 to 30-mile loop around Wheeling. And, uh, and at this point, we should have four, if you were to ask me then, in 2020, where will you be? Here's what I would tell you. We'll have all the campuses, we'll have all four campuses open. We'll be running, it'll be great. We don't have any of them open. That's kind of hard. I'm here to tell you that's a blessing, and I'll explain why in a moment. And I'm also here to tell you that vision hasn't changed. God's timing always messes with us, and I'm bad at timing. And we've run into some adversity along the way as well. But here's what I've learned. I learned it in 
the Overcomer series. Adversity is preparation. And God has been preparing us. Several years ago, I was very sick with Lyme disease and ended up having to take about six months off to recover. And that was really, really hard on the church. When I came back, I was asking God, what do we need to do to do this in a way that's sustainable? Because the rest of our team was exhausted. And very clearly the answer came back, you need to stop doing Saturday church. We were doing a Saturday night service at the time, had been doing it for 15 years. It was a 25 to 35% of our church came on Saturday night. It was a huge service and it made no strategic sense from the perspective of reaching people to not do that service. But we felt like God was calling us to not do that service and that was confirmed in several different ways. So we stopped doing that service. Well, that was really hard. And then that put us in a position where we're like, we're really out of seats now. We're really out of space. And so we moved here. And that was really hard. Any adjustment like this, is, it's hard. You've got to work through all the changes. And, and we have. And we're here. And I, I believe that all that adversity and all those things were all about getting us to the place where we are ready for that next leg of the vision. God has been preparing us. He's been getting the right team of people together. He has been strengthening our ministries. You know, if we had launched those campuses then, you know what we would be doing right now? Putting out fires and cleaning up messes because we weren't ready. We had to have ministries and systems and processes worth reproducing in a healthy way. Mike Camden, let's give Mike Camden a round of applause. He's our campus pastor. And he is awesome. And Mike has been working on our, our small groups, our life groups. And uh, they are healthier now than they've been in the 26 years I've been a part of this church. And that was even with me running the life groups for a while. Mike has done a masterful job and they are worth reproducing. Also, Mike has built a pastoral care system, a prayer and care system. When, when we sat down and he came on, I'm like, You've got, we've got to get this into the hands of the people and he has trained, I don't know how many, 30-some people that were getting ready to graduate our second group of what we call Stevens Ministers who have 55 or 50 hours of training who walk alongside people who are dealing with difficult stuff. But there's no way that just the, the pastoral staff could handle all that and care for people well. It's got to be in the hands of the people. That had to be built before we could do campus as well. He's done a fantastic job. Micah has done an amazing job building a youth ministry that is reproducible and that is healthy and is in a place where it's worth reproducing. Myron's been working behind the scenes for the last year meeting with, uh, on, meeting with uh, young adults between the ages of 18 and 25 and, and dreaming about what could be. And next Sunday they're launching a young adult ministry for people between the ages of 18 and 25. They'll be meeting at the, Wada, or the Warden Run campus. And, uh, and guys, that had to be in place before we could launch campuses because those guys are the next generation leaders and they're right there. And we had to connect with them. And so that had to be in place. Kids ministry needed to be it tweaked and improved and it's just amazing just what Hannah Meredith and Rachel Goldbaugh have been able to do in just a very short period of time and a whole crew of volunteers and it's amazing because we're not done yet there's more to do there and I'm so excited for what's coming with children's ministry but if we well let me just say 
And then God had to prepare some things inside of me because I wasn't ready. But if we had launched when we thought we were going to launch all of that, I think we would have, have more trouble on our hands than blessing. But God has been busy using the adversity to get us here, to prepare us, to be able to execute the vision that he has given us. And the vision doesn't change. The plans will change. The details will change along the way. But the vision doesn't change. And I think it's all been part of his plan. So where are we going from here? Well, again, it hasn't changed. We are at the Capitol Theater because there are 100,000 people who need Jesus in the Ohio Valley. And we are going to reach them and we are going to grow here in the Ohio Valley. Because we're going to make it hard for our friends and family and neighbors to go to hell. And we are going to introduce them to Jesus and we're going to baptize them and we're going to help them grow in following him. Then we're going to spread near that half hour or 30 minute or 30 mile loop around Wheeling. So Moundsville, Washington, Steubenville, Weirton, out towards St. Clairsville, Cambridge area. That's still part of the plan. That hasn't changed. And early on in that whole process, there was a bigger vision that was born. And that was this. If you look at a map of religious participation of the United States. Appalachia, West Virginia being dead center in the middle of that, has the lowest participation rate in the country, next to I think Seattle, and it might be even on par with Seattle. It's dismal, and it's not because people aren't Godward, it's because nobody went there to plant next generation churches. The churches that are there are closing at an unprecedented rate because their congregations are dying out because they were designed to reach people who lived 100 years ago. And you have two, three, four generations of people who are missing Jesus because they're bouncing off the churches because there's nobody there. They don't have what we have here. And they're desperately in need of it. In fact, they're thirsty for it. And we believe that God has called us to plant campuses all over the state of West Virginia. Nobody within the borders of West Virginia, a campus in every county that everybody has access to a life-giving, loving church, gospel-centered church, Bible-teaching church with a culture like this. Everybody deserves that. They don't have it right now. That's where we're going. Okay? So that hasn't changed. If you've been here for a while, you've seen this before, you know, but you haven't heard it for a while and you need to hear it. And guys, that is a beautiful vision. I love where God is taking us. I love where we go from here. Again, it's not all about us. We are here on a mission from God. So what's it going to take? Well, it's going to take every one of us in. All in. Every one of us on mission. Every one of us inviting people regularly. Every one of us living out our faith in front of our coworkers and our friends. Every one of us leaning into our relationship with Jesus, knowing that they're going to be drawn to him, not us. And that our, our reach is an overflow of Jesus in us. And so working on a relationship with him and growing in that, giving, listening for his call in our lives. Because he's going to call you. He's got a plan. He's got a purpose for your life and it's bigger than your life. There's people sitting here right now 
And you don't know it yet, but you're going to plant one of those campuses. You just haven't heard the call yet. Listen. And there's a million other things that you could do that God would call you to. You know what else it's going to take? Willingness to sacrifice. You have to sacrifice to make it hard for people to go out. <laughs> you have to sacrifice. And, and you guys have proven you're willing to do that. You're willing to leave a comfortable home building to go portable because you don't want our community to miss Jesus. You know, God has blessed this church. He really has. I mean, we've had good times. We've had hard times. God's hands never left this church. His blessing has never left this church because I believe he has a purpose for us. I believe he has a plan for us. I believe he has a vision for us. And I believe the best is yet to come. And my question for you is, are you in? And if you're not, what are you waiting for? Because there are people all over this world who wish they had what you have. This beautiful community of people who love one another, of diversity, of kindness, of gospel. Learning to live life in all of its fullness and living for something that's bigger than just us. Lord Jesus, help us to see the view from here and help us to lean in as individuals, Lord, into the calling that you have on our lives, that we might individually and Lord, together as a family, help people find and follow you all over this valley, all over this region, all over this state. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Thanks again for joining us here at The Vineyard. It's our greatest desire to see you find and follow God, and we hope that this podcast has helped you do just that. In addition to these podcasts, please come visit us live at the Capitol Theater in downtown Wheeling, Sunday mornings at 9.30 and 11.15, and experience these encouraging messages, some incredible music, and so much more in person. We would love to meet you. Again, thanks for joining us this week. We'll see you next time.